Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. With all of the savings I get when I drive, I'm having the time of my life. Driving Save up to 20% with insurance. Get a quote at AAA.com slash insurance. Welcome, everybody, to another live episode of The Geek Buddies. <gasps> well, listen, look, everything's been going crazy over the last 24 hours. And uh, I, t- I texted my two good friends here on The Geek Buddies, Mike Bogle and Shannon McClung, this morning. I said, what are we going to do? There's not much news to talk about. What about a live show? Uh, where we talk about like Avengers Endgame, and Mike's like, why don't we talk about movies that make us happy or pick our spirits up during difficult times? We all thought that was a great idea, and so we are all going to talk about that here on the show with our special guest, Mike Kalinowski. How are you, Kalinowski? Hello, boys. Hello, boys. How are we doing? How are you doing, man? I'm, 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 I, I don't know. <laughs> It's a roller coaster. You know what it is. You guys know me. <laughs> I'm not so quiet when it comes to politics online. Mikey Christmas. I was up to five o'clock in the morning with the good old George Stephanopoulos. <laughs> you gotta love it. You gotta yeah. love it. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm. I, I love. I'm liking ABC. I wasn't sure about them, but they got mm. people from both sides on there. Chris Christie is on there. Uh, Ram uh, Man Ramuel. Is that his name? Ram Emanuel. Ram Emanuel. Yeah. Yeah. So it was. It's. It, you know, it's an up and down night. I didn't know how I was going to feel. I went to bed last night when uh, the votes started coming in for Wisconsin, and it switched. And I was like, yeah. "Okay." And they were like, "We're going to take a shower and see a couple hours." Like, good for me. Let's go. Yeah, shower. right on. It's been. Yeah. It has been. Uh, it's been. It's been. It's been a wild ride these past twenty four hours. It's been a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I got. I got to say, like in. There's, we've had some crazy times, crazy elections. 2020 has been a crazy year. This past 24 hours yeah. has been a whole lot, which is why I poured my my whiskey drink for this 4 o'clock p.m. Geek Buddies. He <laughs> <laughs> drinks a whiskey drink, he drinks a lager drink. You got to respect that. You got to respect that. How are you, Shannon, with all thing, with everything that's happening or has been going on for the last 24 hours? How are you? Uh, you know, I'm I'm really tired right now. Mm. Uh, you know, I went to bed like everyone else. Uh, uh, it seemed like there started to be some glimmers of hope. Like, hey, uh, you know, I was watching it with my girlfriend, and she started to get a little um, little distressed. She's like, actually, like, I'm feeling 2016 all right. over. I'm like, but well, we don't know that yet. We don't know that yet. This is this is what they said was going to happen. Right. Um, and so waking up this morning and seeing seeing the uh, progression, it was. Uh, it's it's as you guys have said. It has been a roller coaster. Yeah, 
Yeah, Look, I see sure. we got I see we got some people from Canada and from New Zealand and to and yeah. Mexico. So to to all of our friends who are not here, uh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for geeking. Thank you for geeking out with us uh, in sympathy and support uh, for this hour. We appreciate for sure. it. Um, and, sh- and shout out to James Davison, who's uh, from the UK, first time catching us live. Thank you, James, very much. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, I we did a f- almost five hour live stream last night on the on the Amplified Truths on the Outlaw Nation. Ooh. And as I was drifting off, I heard that he possibly. Uh, had gotten Arizona, and then I passed out. And it was basically that and got about six and a half hours of sleep. I woke up. I was super exhausted. My girlfriend was super exhausted, so much so that she passed back out again on the couch for two hours. So it was just one of these emotional, emotional nights, and it's still going. Uh, and we'll keep tabs on things, of course, on our own personal social media feeds. But we are here today uh, to kind of hang out with you all and talk about uh, movies that we love to watch during difficult times or TV shows we love to watch, any media we like to enjoy during difficult times, either pick our spirits up, give us hope again, or keep us going. Uh, and we encourage you all to send in some Streamlabs and Super Chats, send in your ideas uh, for movies, and uh, and we'll bring them up on the show. And a little bit later, I'll put the link in for some of you to come in live and ask us uh, questions or tell us the movies that you uh, default to when you're in a bad place or you need to get your uh, spirits back up again and uh, reconnect with the world. Uh, gentlemen, who would like to start first? Well, first, I, w- I wanted to throw out real quick before okay. we get going that we cannot overstate how nice it is to have Mike Kalinowski here because if you follow him on Twitter, oh. you know you know this man's sleep schedule the past seven months has been all over the place. Um, usually right now, if I were to text Kalinowski, I would not expect a response for another five hours. Oh, So the fact that he is awake yeah. and, and, he, and he's ready to do this makes me very happy. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. I just get happy. I, I get happy every time I see I get to see this guy. I miss oh, this man. face. I miss all the faces. <laughs> Just put him. Uh, yeah, Just my schedule's him. all over the place because of quarantine. Uh, but hey, here we are. Here yeah, we is that because you're working or because you're booking I'm not things? Working, do what's I? the what's I'm the no, why are you quarantining sir. all the time? No, sir. No work for me. I don't have yeah. work ain't coming back, I don't think, till spring at the earliest. Uh, wow. no, but it just you guys, it just happened. It was just like mm-hmm. I was going to bed later and later. I was playing video games. I'm working on uh, something right now that I get more inspiration at the end of the night so i'm up all night and then it's two three in the morning and i don't want to go to bed so i'll throw in some video games and yell at kids in you know <laughs> croatia playing sounds Call healthy of duty you're you're basically you're basically you're thor in endgame right that's what you do <laughs> right, I am. You got like you get on there master 69 <laughs> so this guy See, I'm... dickhead again <laughs> that's, that's who i am, who I am. hey thor hey thor uh, I'm the opposite of you. I'm the opposite of you. I cannot like, I wake up, I, I work out, I walk the dog and then I have like three or four hours in the morning. I'm like working on uh, a, a few different shows right now. And I've got like one day I've got to get this outline done one while I got that done. And I have like three or four hours where I can get writing done. And after that, I'm useless for the rest of the day into the evening. Like I do shopping, wow. I do errands, I can answer emails, but like being creative and writing, I can only do that in those first few hours of the day. And of course, in the past two days, I've gotten a sum total of five minutes of work done in, in 48 hours. So it, it has not been the most productive time uh, yeah. work-wise for me. Yeah, I feel almost guilty because like we've kind of made some adjustments to the Outlaw Nation, but the other extra shows that I used to be doing, I've kind of taken a break this week because it's taken so much emotional energy to follow yeah. everything and be on top of everything. It almost feels weird. It's like I got four emails from publicists today, and I was like, I can't even – 
address any of this for a couple of days. My mind can't even be wrapped around this stuff because I got to focus on what's happening now. And I've got a Schmodown match coming up real soon, Kalinowski. So I can't even focus on that. It's just crazy what's yeah, going on right I don't now know how in the world. Expects anyone to do any like real work right now? Like yeah. emails, yeah. calls, everything that should be put on hold at least till Friday. Yeah. <laughs> I would say come Monday, on. but yeah, Friday is right. It's Friday, Friday, come on. We got a real quick one here from Jared, the Dark Jedi. It says the revolutionary tone and themes of the Last Jedi and its ending speech from Luke has been my mood all week. So yeah, let's jump into it now with the I, first suggestion here. What do you think of? This? I am a hundred percent on board with Jared, the Dark Jedi. Uh, yeah, I. Uh, Last Jedi is definitely, I kind of have my list. Like Johnny says movies that give us comfort or distract us or lighten our moods. That is not how I roll. I roll Mm -hmm. with the, this week I'm like, I want to see movies about revolution. I want to see movies about the underdog standing up to the big bad guy against overwhelming obstacles. I know uh, yesterday I I tweeted the uh, Endgame Assemble moment. I know Kalinowski Mm -hmm. just a bit ago tweeted the Endgame Assemble moment. I think John, like we are, we're all assembling. Uh, But yes, but but Last Jedi. as as uh, as controversial as that movie is, yeah. um, that movie hits all the right spots for me uh, in the way that it sort of doubles down on the idea of hope uh, and the idea of what it means to inspire people and the way that yeah. Luke sort of inspires uh, the 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 spark of the, the the spark of the flame that becomes the resistance. So, hundred mm. percent yes on that for me. I know I'm probably yeah. in the minority on this group, but uh, I, I, I I am thrilled if anyone can get you know a shot in the arm from a movie. Like I, mm. I love that this particular movie. I do not agree. The hope that I had was I was going to be enjoying it more by the time it got <laughs> to that speech. But then again, I I am I'm happy anytime a work of art gets someone jazzed. Yeah, jazzed, so to speak, jazzed. I agree. I mean, I, I love that end moment between him and uh, him and uh, Kylo, you know, the whole see around kid, the whole brushing off the shoulders, all of that. It's so well directed by Ryan Johnson. It builds up into that moment. So, yeah, thoroughly enjoy that. And I love that it speaks to you. And like uh, Shannon said here, it's about what speaks to you and what 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 uh, connects to you. The reason why people love certain movies and other people don't love certain movies or certain movies affect other people. It's all subjective, depending on how you're built as a human being and experiences you've been through in your life. So if that one speaks to you, more power to you. Uh, all right. Well, who wants to go first with their uh, selection? One selection they want to throw out there. Yep. All at once. Good. I like it. Yeah. Which one, <laughs> which one should we go with? No, I was I was checking out I was checking out the comment stream. I see a little uh, I see a little Last Starfighter uh, in here. Mm-hmm. I got we got a little V for Vendetta. Like, there's some good yeah. choices in here. A lot a lot of Spider Verse uh, talk because yeah. of uh, of the picture that we posted. So uh, right, right. I don't know, Shannon, what, what are your, I, I know that I tend to be, as I was saying, I tend to be a little bit more, let's dive in, like, I feel like I'm ready to, like, stand up and fight, I love mm-hmm. all of our geek franchises that are the good guys fighting those overwhelming obstacles, I'm sensing that you're a little bit more, give me a laugh and let me not think about things for a while, am I, am I, off, am I off base on this? I, I like it when you can put your hands together. I like a nice PB and J of laugh, laughter and hope at the same time. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess like, you know, when we were talking about movies earlier on our thread, I mean, the fact like, and I didn't suggest this movie, this was a suggest by Michael Vogel, um, but yeah. Galaxy, Galaxy Quest. The mm. fact that, you know, this, this ragtag crew of actors finds themselves in such an unbelievable position where this alien race is, is counting on them to pull off something just out of this world, forgive the pun. Um, that's one of the reasons I think Galaxy Quest is definitely kind of a comfort 
comfort uh, comfort food option of mine, just because you do get the laughs, but you get some really heartfelt moments at the same time. You get some great acting mm -hmm. from Tim Allen. I mean, you get a great moment between uh, the one alien and Alan Rickman talking yeah. about the, yeah. the, the, the hammer. Um, that, <laughs> that, that, would, hammer. that would be that would probably be um, when I when I'm wanting the PB and J, that would be that would be my go to. But, you know, you can never go wrong with Endgame. I mean, I, I was watching that right before we started and just, yeah. you know, portals, just all of the all the heroes coming back that will never not get a visceral reaction out of me. I will. I will say I'm waiting. I'm waiting for one more state to come in. And then I'm putting portals on on my Disney right. Plus. I'm telling right. you right now. But we're, but we're here to distract people from that stuff. So yeah, go ahead. All right, Mike. Go ahead. Yeah. No, no, no. I, never mind. No, no. You, were you gonna jump in on on the end game or anything like that? Yeah, or you just jumping because on? I felt like the, the portals moment was the the mail-in boats coming in last night. Yeah. That was yeah. like things were starting to look down, and then they just started coming in, and that's what happened with Wisconsin. It was it was mm -hmm. seeing that switch. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> Well, what is, is there a moment? It, but. That's all right. Is there a moment, uh, Shannon, for you in Galaxy Quest that's really like the, the yes, yes moment you stand up in the theater or maybe while you're watching that you get inspired to, to like get moving or whatever? Oh, it's Alan Rickman. It's Alan Rickman. Yeah, but with, what is there a scene or just with, is it with, 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 with the with the dying alien? So when this, he when he okay, I got you. Okay. You know when that's when he when this this role that he has. Uh, uh, this role that has followed him for all of his all of his career that yeah. is and probably in his opinion has handicapped his career to see him finally embrace what that role means to fans yeah. um is just such a again a sweet and powerful and and just uh, an uplifting moment definitely yeah have okay. you did you guys see did any of the three of you guys see yeah. the uh galaxy quest documentary that's oh, on yes. amazon prime yes, yes, yes. it's excellent it's yeah. one excellent. of the things if you haven't seen it check it out it's on amazon yeah. prime it's called never never give never up, give never, up surrender. never surrender yeah. yeah uh it's a great little documentary uh that's about galaxy quest but one of the things that i find most fascinating about the documentary that i didn't think about is that we're so used to that sort of Marvel Cinematic Universe tone that, yeah. uh, or that, you know, that Wonder Woman does so well. And a lot of the big superhero movies that we have out now, like, it's that mixture of, like, it's high adventure, it's emotional, it has stakes, but it's also funny and you laugh at it. That when mm -hmm. Galaxy Quest was being made for DreamWorks, they thought they were getting a comedy. And in their mind, comedy meant... Really, really funny, goofy, making fun of space movies, yeah. like just ridic ridiculous comedy, more like in the old school Wedding Crashers kind of vein. And so when they got this movie where you actually had an emotional arc and emotional moments and yeah. big action set piece moments and a sci-fi chase at the end and all this stuff, they were like, wait, what is this? Because... We're so used to it now, but at the time that Galaxy Quest came out, that combination didn't happen as often. And I think yeah. it's uh, Greg Berlanti is on there, uh, and he talks about how Galaxy Quest was just slightly ahead of its time, mm -hmm. and most of the big summer tentpole action superhero franchise movies that we get right now fall into that category. And I think that's why Galaxy Quest is so beloved, because it kind of hits all the buttons. Yeah, it walks that line of making fun of the source material without disrespecting the source material. And that's not yeah. easy to do. And they do a fantastic job with it on Gal in galaxy quest. Let's get to some of these super chats real quick. Philip Brian Butler says favorite movie about the American revolution. Uh, that's a hell of a thing to think about. Um, what the Patriot is one there with Mel Gibson and Ooh. Jason Isaacs, not Ooh. a good movie, but one to think about. Um, 
<laughs> Al Pacino did a film called Revolution in the 80s about the American Revolution. 1776 to a degree, kind of the musical kind of counts because it's it sparks the american revolution i mean uh, you could also I throw mean, the filmed version of hamilton i'm gonna, yeah, th- yeah, I'm gonna go absolutely i'm gonna go film i'm gonna go film version of hamilton for me I, it's like okay. i was it, like patriot was the first one that popped in my mind and i'm like oh i don't know mm. uh and i know there's some other great ones but i think for the time that we're living in right now like yeah. if i want to get some feels about uh the american revolution i'm going to disney plus and i'm putting on hamilton that's fair. Kalinowski, you got any thoughts on this one? On the American Revolution one? I'm not a big history buff as far as okay. history movies. I'm not a big into that. I mean, Patriot came Well, the American Revolution was when the Americans decided that they okay. didn't <laughs> want... Here we go. Here we go. If you wanted to get technical, Here they would be go. referred to as the colonists, not the Americans. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Uh, well, well, let's throw some out there. Drums Along the Mohawk, a 1939 film from Claudette Colbert with Henry Fonda, directed by John Ford. There's that John Adams uh, uh, miniseries that was on HBO. On HBO, it's excellent. Really cool thing. As I mentioned, the the Revolution uh, uh, film from Al Pacino, directed by Hugh Hudson, would also directed Chariots of Fire. Uh, The Crossing, Jeff Daniels, Roger Rees movie. As we said, The Patriots. Uh, something called Spirit of 76 from 1917. Uh, and of course, one of Shannon's favorite uh, series, Turn Washington Spies uh, on AMC for about three years. So not a lot to choose from, guys, in terms of American you know, Revolution movies. It's not It's not an American Revolution movie, but uh, Last of the Mohicans popped into my mind. That's a fair one. I like that one. That is, Last of the Mohicans is still a banger yeah. today. I hadn't watched it in a few years, and at the beginning of quarantine, my brother and I put it on, and... That movie is still a banger, and that score is still one of the all-time great scores ever in movies, as far as I'm concerned. Hands down. Absolutely agree with you. Uh, Vincent Zawada says, Braveheart Freedom! Yeah, absolutely. This is the only Mel Gibson movie that I can really kind of still watch and not be like, oh, fucking Mel Gibson. Really? Like, for, like really? this is the only one. Everything else, even like Lethal Weapon, I'll put on sometimes and be like, oh, Lethal Weapon's great. I'm like, Ugh. Mel Gibson, what happened to you, buddy? And then this is the one that I put on where for whatever reason, I just kind of put it all aside and I'm like, oh, this movie's great. Wow. Pretty hard's all great. Right. So yeah, it is. It's fantastic. So what yes, you're saying, he does, you're not he does throw that. that. He, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I'll see it. I'll see it. <laughs> I'll be upset about it as I watch it. Yes. But I'll see it. All right. I think we should do a review for the Geek Buddies. Go ahead. Yes. And I wanted to jump in just because there was there was one actor on turn who plays one of the most just deliciously evil antagonists on on a small or big screen. The actor's name is Samuel Roke, and he played a Captain Simcoe. Um, this guy is just a couple of degrees off of Martin Coe from Karate Kid. I yeah. mean, this guy is so wonderfully just just a wonderful bad guy um the show itself i think it ran for four seasons maybe three or four seasons um but this despite it, the revolutionary war setting aside yeah this guy is just such a joy to watch because he's just one of those guys you just love to hate yeah yeah, I love that idea. Uh, let's see yeah. here. Dalton Johnson says, might sound weird, but the Dollars Trilogy is a comfort watch for me. More conventional trilogy that I love is the Oceans Trilogy. Yeah, the okay. Dollars Trilogy being, you know, uh, for a few dollars more, 
fistful of dollars and of course the good the bad and the ugly i agree with that you know as a western lover i love that uh, trilogy and also oceans trilogy although oceans 12 i think if you kick out oceans 12 and put in oceans 8 i'm okay with that i'm okay with that. oh yeah you like 12 i don't mind it <laughs> Because it's such a good performance, you know. Yeah. Those, seeing those buddies, it's just like it's like the old Rat Pack days of seeing those guys all together. You could tell they had a blast making the movie, right? Uh, so I enjoyed it. Yeah, uh, we got some uh, trolls coming in, some bots coming in. So I'm I trying to like, block What's them. Going on? Is this something yeah. new you guys? I, like, I gotta no, tell no. you, what is this here? Well, I'm here's what it is, Kalinowski. Because I can. You you mentioned you mentioned you mentioned politics, and now Russia's here. Yep. So now thanks for that. Way to go, guy. Here we go. Way to go, guy. Uh, okay. All right. Anyway, uh, Kalinowski, what's a yeah. film that you, you're our guest, what's a film that you really turn to when you well, need hope? Or is there anything you watched during yes, this whole sir. time? Yes, okay, please. my friend. And it hit big. It hit big uh, the night before the election. And I, there was no question of what I popped in. This bad boy right here. Captain America, the winter soldier. Oh, I nice. I mean, I went for, there's no, there's, it's all, you know, no mixed messages. It was, you know, a... Something an evil infestation is infiltrated the government, taken over, and we need to stand up in the face of what is right and, and stand by your morals. It's everything in that movie. It's it's the bill. It's his speech to everyone at the end. Like I know what people have said about me, yeah, but I know there's people that don't believe that. It's people questioning, you know, and, and that's what I think. And also, it, for me, it's not just it's not just watching. It's reading. So I, I brought yeah. my encyclopedia in Captain America. Because <laughs> at a time like this, it, it's it's holding true to your principles of who you are as a person. Yeah. When people are saying back down and you say no and you stand your ground and it just fills me with such hope, you know, and I, I you need that. And, and, and like yesterday mm-hmm. we, we were sitting here and I was like, I, I, this whole election process, like, what can I do more? And, and Paul Rudd with it, what he did, I kind of got inspired by that. So I threw on a Captain America costume with my girlfriend and went down with a bag of candy to the polling places and tried to, you know, just bring a little bit out there and, and, mm-hmm. and you know. Uh, but it's Captain America, and you know, in Civil War with with Peggy Carter and, and Sharon Carter, the speech there at the yeah. end, during her funeral. It's I need moments like that. I, I I don't I can't escape it. It's in me. I don't mm-hmm. I, I don't look to escape from reality. Of, I I want to take my mind off it because I can't. I'm one of those people. It's, it's laser focused and takes over everything. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Captain America, man, it, it, reading the old comics. I'm, I'm I'm reading a bunch of his old stuff and just mm-hmm. pulling it out and just. You know, two Jewish boys from New York. New York created this guy. Um, yeah. People say yeah. comics aren't political, but that's 100% false. Yes. Uh, so I yeah. love seeing it. I love knowing what's coming. What's right, it's right and wrong. It's, you know? So right. for me, it's, it's Captain yeah. America Winter Soldier. I've watched that kind of on repeat. I, for some reason, I put in the Bourne trilogy the other day, oh. the original three. Nice. Which I still think all Infinity, uh, Infinity War uh, identity gets not enough credit. Not mm. enough credit at all with Doug Lyman. I think. Yeah. Greenrass took it in a much more realistic fashion, and, and now with the the lights on it, uh, Identity seems much more like a Hollywood film than we originally yeah. thought it was. Or Greengrass created that. You're in the streets. I mean, they're in Waterloo Station during Ultimatum, and you see the ex- everyone looking at them because they were guerrilla filmmaking in Waterloo Station. Yeah. You know, they, yeah. they couldn't close it down, and there's people looking directly at the camera, looking at Matt Damon, and they just film. Yeah. Um, but those films, I don't know why. There has nothing to do with. I mean, it's politics, but it's not like anything you're dealing with. And right. Just like, eh, it's political. I mean, that's, that it counts, is. I think. Yeah, it absolutely. And, and you see a it, disgusting side of government outside of party, outside yeah. of what your party is. You just see, yeah. you know, but that took my mind off for a little bit. I just went into the born world for a little bit. 
I think another one you can throw in there where uh, people don't give the first movie enough credit is that Apes trilogy, right? People like really focus yeah. on that second movie and that third movie, but sometimes forget that first movie uh, was good, even though Matt Reeves did those last two. Kind of same situation, Greengrass taking over the last two of the yeah. Bourne trilogy before we got, of course, to the Jason Bourne one when Damon came back. So those, yeah. those are great choices. I like those. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, we got a couple of Streamlabs and some Super Chats. Lewis Cox says, uh, freedom as well. Respect, Lewis. I like it. They, they uh, take your balls off there. All right. And uh, <laughs> Philip Brian Butler, last of the Mohicans, right. totally counts. So Okay, okay good. I, was, I, was, I wasn't sure if we were like, specifically, we had to hit the revolution on the nose or if we could just be in the zone. So, yeah. <laughs> last of the Mohicans is in the zone. Surrounding areas. What was his name? Was it Hawkeye? Was that what his name it was? Uh, it was Hawkeye, yeah. yeah. Hawkeye. It was not Natty Bumpo. It was Hawkeye, yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, uh, and, and so last of the Mohicans, you you definitely get sort of the 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 uh, opening salvo of of revolution when the when the yeah. uh, when the redcoats won't let yeah. the colonists go back and defend their homes. Like you, right. you know, they're 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 planting the seeds right there. Of okay, you're you're ruling us from afar. We're here right now, though. Right, right, right. Ironically, against the French, who would later become allies of the United States against the Brits. So just interesting uh, time when this is set for sure. Uh, look, we've got four Streamlabs. I'm going to run through them real quick, John. Right. Get your thoughts on these. Jesse C. donated. He said, Man of Steel is the movie that will always pick up my spirits. A great movie, and Hans Zimmer's score alone will get you ready for battle. Mike, you talked about you like to watch these things and get yourself yes, inspired, ready to battle. Yes, this sir. is a, this is one of those ones, absolutely Hans Zimmer's score you know, it's certainly a favorite of ours. I think Mike yes, is sir. the odd one out on this one. Uh, but what do you? Does it, what is it? What was it? Shannon said, "Hey, I love it when anybody can watch a movie and be inspired. <laughs> this one, this one, just not my choice. I was inspired to leave the theater. I was ready for it to be done." What? <laughs> yeah. Come on, now. Do you guys? Do you guys turn to this one? Do you guys turn to this one sometimes and watch it? Portions, okay. portions. Um, I mean, I think you get that scene at the end with uh, Linux, Linux's general character and, and mm-hmm. Superman when he takes the drone down. And I think we get a glimpse of a Superman that we all wanted to see more of oh, and yeah. didn't quite translate to what Batman versus Superman was. I right. mean, just the, you know, general or colonel, I live in, you know, I'm from Kansas. I yeah. mean, you got, you, you were getting the hints of this great Superman that, as of now, has not quite entered the DC the DC uni- uh, universe yet. Yeah, 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 fair. What about you, Collins? Uh, I'm sorry about that. Let me close the door here in a second. Uh, I'm more about I don't know for some reason with the two characters, Captain America and Superman. I, I lean into Captain America more than I do Superman for Hope. I don't know why <laughs> okay. that. Is. I, well, I don't know why that is. I, well, I'm a I'm a DC guy. Yeah, I and I when it comes like Superman's actually my favorite superhero and when it comes to comics i lean more towards superman like i find superman super inspirational super hopeful and when it comes to uh current movies i lean way more towards captain america than i do towards henry cavill's superman and and i think it's and like we've all talked about this we've all debated this a thousand times i think that doing a different take on superman is totally valid i think that's great i think that Zack snyder did a bunch of things that for the people that love those Snyder movies, it works great. Not really my Superman, which is why I don't lean that way. I do find it interesting, though, uh, that Kalinowski is more of a Cap guy than a Supes guy. Uh, yeah, it's – I don't know. I, I, a lot of that has to do with Chris Evans. I am a yeah. huge fan of his. I love how he's Good kind guy. of embraced Steve Rogers and his persona of who he is mm-hmm. as a person. Um, 
uh, uh, he's very vocal on, on Twitter. And well, he's an inspiration, I think. I, mean, yeah. I would say, and again, this is no, I, I not to get in, like, this is not a knocking DC thing, because I think there's some good examples of this yeah. too, but I do think that when you line up the actors who have be, p- portrayed Marvel characters on the screen mm-hmm. in the past decade or whatever, and you line up the DC actors, mm-hmm. I think that, I would actually say that, um, uh, I think that Gal as Wonder Woman... I think, uh, and I think that Margot Robbie is Harley Quinn, um, and I'll throw Aquaman in there. I think the three of them really just sort of like embrace those roles, embody those roles, and when you see them on a red carpet, on screen, off screen, just their attitude, the fun they're having with life, the fun they're having with his roles, like you, like you kind of associate them with that character in a really great way yeah. like, you, like you do with Robert Downey Jr., like you do with Chris Evans. But aside from those three, I kind of feel like it's a bunch of very talented actors playing a role, but I don't feel like they've fully embraced it the way that a lot of the Marvel uh, actors and actresses do. Well, I, I, and I, I would say it's easier to embrace it when you have, you know, 22 other movies and you have a cohesive thing moving forward. So maybe that also helps as well. And I think yeah. that's why they yeah. cast a certain way, uh, you know, where they're going with uh, Marvel and, and who they're uh, bringing into their universe. But, you know, time will tell with DC, certainly. Uh, all right. Let's see. Our next one is from Green Guy 29. Green Guy, thank you so much. What an incredibly kind don- uh, donation here on uh, Streamlabs. He says, you guys are one of my favorite shows. I look forward to it every week. So I just want to show my support. I hope I can grow as old as Roca and still have you guys to watch. Well, that's a tall order. It is. Woo! It is. Uh, and don't let my friends fool you. They're no fucking spring chickens either. But yes, I'm, agreed. I'm a couple I, I years think. behind you. I'm a couple <laughs> years behind you, dude. It's, it's like when, not that you know, we're getting political, but it's like Trump and Biden, they're constantly at Biden's age. He's three years older than Trump. Mm-hmm. Like, it's you and I, I think we're three years apart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, yeah. come on. Nah. Like, but I appreciate it. Look at you. Not a gray hair in your head, buddy. Hey, thank you, uh, thank you, thank you, thank you, and we're glad we're glad that you enjoy the show. Yes, absolutely. There you go. There you go. And thank I hope you. you do grow as old as me. Yes. Thank, thank you very much. And and to Kalinowski's point, get a little bit closer to John. You might see the outlying gray hair. Nah, you shut your mouth, McClung. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we, don't, we don't have the, don't have the white hair like out. you guys, where our grays blend in. We get the yeah. dark hair. I know. I got it going. I got it going on. You can hardly even tell. Looks distinguished. <laughs> I'm Ooh, girl. Zaddy, my friend, I'm becoming Ooh, a daddy. Becoming, oh, oh boy. you've been a zaddy. You've been a zaddy for years. I Get out of here! That little text you sent me about Roka's video. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that story, by the way, at no, all. No, no, I don't. We, no, no, no. We, we all made you a very nice video to celebrate your birthday. Yes, yes. yes. I'm, I'm saying I don't remember right. Kalinowski's story. Oh. And how I to the lady at the, the oh. barber. I have oh. no memory of that. No oh, recollection man. of that. Oh, boy. Oh, let me roll my sleeves up. <laughs> no, oh, no, no, boy. No, no. That's just for the people who are, you know. But I will say this. My girlfriend leaned over about 45 minutes in a video. She goes, how come every one of their videos start with how you guys used to be in fights at the beginning of your friendship? I'm like, yeah, well, you know, the 2000s were a tough time. The 2000s were a tough time. Uh, anyway. <laughs> You guys, you guys who are uh, you guys who are Geek Buddies listeners, you think a Boba Fett argument is rough? You should see the past twenty years. We can show you some shit. That's true. And thanks for everybody who watched that Boba Fett video. It's over six thousand. Can you uh, imagine views? If yep. you guys had this and went back in the Comic Con days when we were out and we left John oh. oh. at the Bank of America ATM. Oh man, never leave a man behind. But I guess you never can. Never leave a man behind. Yeah, never leave they a left man behind, and we did. These white guys, they left a person of color behind. I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe they're rethinking it nowadays. All right, 
Let's move on to our next one. Brennan Mars says, are you stickers for sticklers for historical accuracy or is it just a matter of how good the movie is to you? This is a good question. So are you guys and Brennan, thank you, Brennan, for the donation. I love you, Brennan. You're a patron of the Outlaw Nation. Thank you, man. So he's asking, are you guys sticklers for historical accuracy when you see a movie? Let me if I may, if I may boys, uh, Please. I'm not at all because I don't I'm not a student of history in the sense that I don't know exactly here he goes i can just see it right example guys one of my favorite biographies of all time it's not really a biography is dragon the bruce lee story yeah that movie inspired so much love in me for bruce lee that i went and then i i, I did a dissertation in college on bruce lee because of this wow. because i fell in love with him but then now see he's like oh this is a ton of fiction made up but it doesn't take any less enjoyment out of the love of the movie yeah. Um, so for me, I, I as long as a good movie and doesn't switch things around the way they happen. I mean, Tarantino is Tarantino, and that that's enjoyable as well. Um, right. But I, I like it loose. I'm I'm okay with it all loose. Okay. All right. What about you guys? I I think it depends on one the um the subject matter of the movie and kind of how recent it is. Like mm. if you're dealing with something that's only happened in the last couple of years, and it's a it's a somewhat serious subject, and and you know creative liberties are, are taken too far. That one kind of bothers me. Um, Cause it's like this, I, like as much as I loved Captain Phillips, there mm. were some debates going yeah. on as to uh, uh, the not just the sequence of events, but um, some of the conduct. Mm. And I'm like, God, cause I, I, I knew the, the, the beats of the story. I didn't know the full story until after right. I watched the movie and then seeing how many of his crew we're like, that is not what happened. Like, and finding out some more of those details, that one kind of, that one kind of bothered me. Even though, and, and Tom uh, Hanks's performance was just so yeah. good, especially that last scene, which the real Captain Phillips, like, oh no, that didn't happen. Like, I, <laughs> I, I didn't, I didn't freak out like that. Um, so yeah, I think it depends. On, it depends on the subject, and, and it depends on uh, how, how recent. Yeah, yeah, Whatever. I. I I kind of feel the same way. I kind of feel like there's two there's two issues or two things to kind of examine. One is what's the threshold? What's your percentage? Like mm-hmm. in the Captain Phillips, like I think you reach certain movies where it's like based on a true story, and you're at like five percent. Like these character people with these names were on a boat. <laughs> That's about it. Like it's like I like right. like I feel like you if you're gonna you, if you if you see a story because like this is what happens is executives like read a story in the news or they read a whatever they read a they read a book about a historical event that really happened they love it they get the rights whatever but like if you're gonna change everything then just do something different that is inspired by that when you yeah. say it's based on a true story like let's make sure that you're getting like I feel like if you're gonna make changes because you have to for narrative purposes to fit it all into two hours like whatever it is there's always gonna be changes that need to get made but like stay true to the spirit. And I yeah. think that sometimes you get so off base that like you're not really telling the story that happened anymore. You've kind of created your own thing and that's where you sort of get in trouble, which I think the Captain Phillips is a good idea. Conversely, taking something like Hamilton, because I know that when uh, Hamilton came out on Disney Plus, it kind of re-inspired a lot of discussion about the things that were accurate or not accurate. But I think mm-hmm. in the case of Hamilton, you can look through that and see that everything was done with a purpose, with a reason. Like, things that were not accurate given uh, his relationship with all three Schuyler sisters. Like, there's there's tons of stuff that they t- people talk about in Hamilton, but I feel like the spirit of what 
uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda was doing kind of is intact and you sort of get the feeling of what he was going for. So that one doesn't bother me as much. So it's sort of a case-by-case thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that if you do make changes or you do separate yourself from the facts, like have a reason, there needs to be a rhyme and a reason to it, I guess is the long and short of it. Yeah, I agree for the most part with Michael. I mean, I'm, I'm a massive fan of biopics, as people know. Follow the Outlaw and the Showdown is one of my favorite categories because I enjoy watching biographies on film. I think they're great, you know. But uh, you got to honor the spirit. You can move stuff around, but you got to honor the overall spirit. If you're changing the overall narrative and the overall story to fit whatever story you want to tell, then I think that's where the mistake uh, happens with these films uh, and the historical accuracy of them. Look. Braveheart is completely, almost his, entirely historically inaccurate. Yeah. Everything is completely, but it's still the overall effect of this idea of fighting against an oppressive regime, fighting against this idea of being manipulated and abused by a power that cares nothing for your independence and sees you uh, as subhuman. That's something you want to fight against. And people get inspired by that all the time. You look at Gladiator, right? Uh, uh, what's Commodus lived a very long life. He did not get killed in some fight with Maximus in an arena. No, he lived a very long life and actually ran the city really well and was a beloved emperor, but it didn't fit the narrative. Cinderella Man, Max Baer was not an evil guy like he's portrayed in the movie. He was a good man. He just happened to have killed somebody in the ring. And that narrative was floated that he was this evil fighter. So, But it fits to make him evil for the overall story, which is America getting yeah. back off its knees to fight back and stand up again during the Depression. So it's just, those things, you have to be gentle about them and careful with them. But if you do them right, I think it's okay. Like Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter, he didn't kill that many vampires. <laughs> he did not kill. It was only Fair like point. two or three vampires, and they like blew it out to make him seem like a yeah. badass. But like... Yeah. There weren't that many vampires at that point in history. So stupid. Get out of here with that. That's a good point. It's a good point. Uh, I do see. I do see Jared. Wait, really quick. Jared the Dark Jedi. Because this is actually really like he's bringing up. Uh, this is he's saying that this is why he hates Greatest Showman. Um, because Greatest Showman is the least accurate film in the world. P.T. Barnum. No, nope, it's not true. But go ahead. Well, P.T. Barnum was a kind of horrible person that oh, just sort of. Are you there? Did you know him? Yeah, I'm <laughs> You're all of a sudden a P.T. Barnum expert. You've done all this research, read all the biographies. I I love Greatest Showman. I love Greatest Showman so much that a friend of mine bought me a biography on P.T. Barnum. And, and even though I already knew some of the facts. And Greatest Showman is not very accurate. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, but but Greatest Showman is one of those anomalies. I agree that it is not accurate. And for all the people that are like, this turned someone who was kind of a person who used people, used people with disabilities, used people, used minorities, used black people to sort of make a buck, 100% accurate, 100% true. Yep. That being said, that movie and those songs are so tight and so wonderful that I, I, I love that movie and I love the message of inclusivity that it has so much Agreed. that I almost give it a pass, even though it's like, yes, this is, I, I feel shitty that there's people out there that think P.T. Barnum was this amazing dude now because he yeah. was none of the things that he was in that movie. But the message of inclusivity and those songs and just the musicalness of the entire movie is so good that I do give it a pass, but I completely respect your point that... Yeah. It does rub me wrong because P.T. Barnum does not deserve the treatment that he gets coming out of that movie, for sure. But see, what's interesting is from, from like the filmmaker standpoint, like I don't think the name of P.T. Barnum is what got people into that theater. Right. It was right. the fact that it's a circus musical with Hugh Jackman. Yeah. I mean, like, why you didn't it's change true. his name to B.P. Tarnum 
it, it escapes me. Like, come on, like he, he start a little. I, well, I think I think that is the problem, though. I think that I think that if it was any other thing, if you were just like a performer, like if it was if it was a show about somebody that did amazing stage shows, yeah. And there's been so many stage shows, you could say, well, let's just do a fictional version of this, whatever. P.T. Barnum is so associated with the freak show and the circus and all of those things that to do a story about this guy that kind of came, like it would be so obviously P.T. Barnum anyways yeah. that I understand it, but I totally hear you and I don't disagree, but I still have to admit that I love The Greatest Showman. Damn right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I agree. Yeah, my it's completely historically inaccurate. You're right. And we'll be mad. At, and the the uh, the version of the Geek Buddies in the future, 200 years from now, will get mad at the Donald Trump musical uh, for oh, sure. God. I'm sure that uh, covers it over. By the way, by the way, Roka will be dead, but Shannon and I will still be there, so it's great. <laughs> the main song will you. be This Is Pete. Yeah. <laughs> no one didn't get that? That was brilliant. Come on now. I'm throwing gold out here, and you're missing That's it. Fantastic. This is Pete? This is Pete. I so love you're throwing, you're Actually, you're throwing a golden shower. There you yeah. go. Oh, there boom. Uh, Lewis Cox says, hey, Geek Buddies. <laughs> love you guys. Love you, Mike Kalinowski. Never lose hope. Definitely. Thank Lewis, you. that's what I've been saying for the past 24 hours, buddy. Never lose hope, my friend. Yeah. Never lose he hope. has. He texted me that. So that I can attest yes, that that is true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Too many people were clutching pearls way too early last night. Uh, uh, Philly Brian Butler says, re-accuracy. Get the heart of the story right, but tell the tale well. Yes, that's absolutely. Guys are, John, that's what you said. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Michael as well. well. Certainly. And I do think, like, I will say this, like, not in defense of Greatest Showman, because I do agree with everything he said, but, like, to the heart of the tale, the heart of the tale that they wanted to tell was about inclusivity in yes. the era that we live in right now. They happened to choose somebody that represented the opposite of all things that they wanted to say, but they ended up telling a really good tale, so I don't know where I land on this. I'm, I don't know, but... <laughs> uh, Nathan Pollock says, Grant Torino, hate and ignorance can be changed. Yeah, that's a good one as well, certainly. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I agree. That's a, great That's a good call. That's yeah. a great movie. Yep. Yeah. That movie, I think if, if Clint Eastwood had not sung that song at the end. <laughs> <laughs> My Gran Torino. It's like, oh, I'd do that. It's like what they say when you like put together like an ensemble for an outfit. Like you put on too many accessories, like a necklace and earrings and whatever. They're like, always take one. Always like whenever you're like, is this good to go out? Should I go out like this? It's always like take one thing off. Take out the song. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Uh, D Train says when Biden wins, the quote on your left scene in Avengers Endgame comes to mind when the pandemic is over, the destruction of the ring, and Sauron at the end of the Lord of the Rings Return of the King comes to mind. What do you guys think of that comparison? Ooh, that's a. Uh, you know, it's funny, guys. We, we talk about, you know, or, and everyone talks about Antifa and this and that. And, hmm. and, and, and it's not an organization, it's a movement. It means anti fascist and, and mm-hmm. Hogwarts. The rebellion, Katniss Everdeen. We're, we're raised on these stories of, of people rising up. Yeah. There, was this, there was this whole big thing about you know the scene with with Anakin and Obi Wan about I'm, to the Republic, to democracy, and he's like, no, my way's better. It, it, we were trained as kids, and somewhere along the way, people veer off for that. And, and real life comes into it. I get that, and, and yeah. families and whatnot. But these are these moments where, why we love these stories. Why Avengers Endgame, Star Wars. They're billion-dollar franchises. People mm. all over the world believe in that, and yeah. there's a reason. There's a power behind that. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I, I agree. I mean, this is this kind of what inspired kind of this entire subject today was yeah. 
most of the thing. I mean, you just you just went through the list, but Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, Harry Potter, the Marvel oh, Cinematic Rings. Universe, the DC Cinematic Universe, like all the stories that we love and and Hunger Games, all of the literature, the stories, the young adult novels, the movies, the comics, everything that we love. Uh, all at the end of the day, I, I know that people say, "Oh, don't bring politics into entertainment. Don't make this." But it's like, and it's not that. It's not that all of these stories are inherently left or right. It's not that they are inherently liberal or conservative, but they are inherently inclusive and they are inherently um, standing up for everybody, helping everybody, doing the most you can to help bring everybody together. And I think that is, to your point, uh, and to the point to the point of the Streamlab, like it is where the on the le- on your left moment, uh, I think, is so powerful and did get used so much in the past several weeks through this election because it is that moment where you get uh, so many different groups working together for a singular purpose. Right. The you know, but the thing is, and to be fair to the other side, the other side sees themselves as the Avengers. A hundred percent. A hundred percent true. That's the thing that people, you know, kind of get surprised by, but that's how it is. It's all about your perspective. And look, and I think that, I think that's a really good point. And I think that it's good that you said that. And I do think that, Obviously, the four of us, our political views are not hard to figure out. Uh, it's not hard to suss that one out. But I <laughs> do think. <laughs> but I do think that as we move forward, I mean, I think the goal is to kind of find the ways. I mean, to use the Avengers analogy, it's like, look, right now, like the left looks at themselves as the Avengers, and mm-hmm. that the and that the right is Thanos. The right thinks that they're the Avengers, and the left is Thanos. And however you want to look, however you want to slice that, how do we get to the point where we're all the Avengers? You know, how do we like how do we get to that point? Like that's the goal. Yeah. I don't know how. There's a lot of differences, a lot of things to overcome, but that's what uh that's what hope is all about. That's what think, superheroes do. They over they overcome the impossible. Yeah, I think once Putin attacks us with Russia, then we'll all become the Avengers, I think, as one. Um let's see here. Uh, Dalton Johnson says, I know this is Geek Buddies, which I love and I'm so happy it's live, but what would be a criterion or classic film you all would recommend? Oh, a good little suggestion what is a what is a criterion or classic film you all would recommend well i know the criterion that's that's like the special dvd but john what 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 constitutes a criterion release just just to clarify yeah yeah criterion is of course a company that uh, selects certain films and they are from all over the world global international films domestic films that they deem to be works of art uh, and the, and this at least the Blu-ray versions, right? We're gonna leave Armageddon on the rock off the DVD. But like the, the, the Blu-ray versions uh, have been very much about that, and they run the gamut from something like Hard Day's Night, the Beatles stuff, to like uh, uh, to like um, uh, Fellini's Eight and a Half, to uh, Orson Welles' Magnificent Ambersons or his Chimes at Midnight, to so many Martin Scorsese. The Irishman is about to come out. Parasite is getting a Criterion collection, and they dive deeper into the film, which with a bunch of uh, of uh, special features that are current special features analyzing the film usually there's multiple uh, audio tracks uh, uh commentary tracks from both f- uh, filmmakers uh artists involved with the film and also uh, uh film historians who talk about the importance of the film so it's a it's essentially a film class in every box of a criterion collection film so and there's a lot of comedies dramas westerns uh horror uh, uh, Japanese, uh, uh, G- German films, Austrian films, uh, Russian films, all are included there. So, um, but he said Criterion are classics. Or is there any classic films that you all may have watched with your by yourself or with your family and has always stayed with you? Well, I will give like I will say that like when I was in college, 
Uh, I had definitely grown up watching all the movies in my childhood. I loved 80s movies. I loved all the geeky movies. But it was actually John Rocha who sat me down and showed me Citizen Kane on the waterfront, <laughs> yeah. Lawrence of Arabia. Like, we really went through uh, the original Streetcar Named Desire. Right, uh, right. We kind of did, we, like, starting when we were in London together and kind of going all the way through college into moving out to L.A., uh, we did, like, John was the one that showed me a bunch of those movies and actually gave me an appreciation for a lot of those films that I didn't necessarily have uh, as a high school kid. Wow. Um, so, I mean, all those are, are Cinema Cinema Paradiso you showed me? Yes. Cinema Paradiso is fantastic. I, also a Criterion Collection. Kind of similar with me. Like, I, I was never a classic guy. I think if, if we're talking classics for me, my idea of classics were, you know, the early James Bond films. There you go. Those uh, count. I mean, that counts. I know they do. I know they do. But when, yeah. it, it, I don't want to say it's a cheat, John, because... I, you guys in the Schmodown, once I've joined, forced me to open up my, my scope. Mm. I would say films that recently that I've discovered that I've fallen in love with are All the President's Men. And oh, was, yeah. Uh, Great 70s films. films. Are, are, are that 70s, that era of, of cinema in the 70s is, is something that was never, you know, I, I'm, you know, Star Wars, Superman, Jaws, the, the big ones. But yeah. now I'm getting into these other ones that, that I'm just falling in love with, like Network. Phenomenal. Yeah. Know? Uh, and but all the presidents men, I knew of, of course, what it was, but never to, to understand it. And as an adult now, you're like, oh my god, yeah, that, that level at the time. So I'm uh, becoming like a new student to cinema. I'll, I'll be cinema, curious to hear your thoughts uh, after you've seen the Iger sanction, after you've seen Three Days of the Condor, and then rewatching Winter Soldier. I know how that might even give yeah. you more depth to your. I used experience. to watch those films, but in the sense that I heard they were spy films, and I would right. turn them off. Now, these aren't what. This is not James Bond. He's a, a young guy. You don't where's where's the now. gadgets? Where are the now, gadgets? Where yeah, are the ladies? These films reference to know what they are. Yeah. I, I'm going through these all these 70 political thrillers. Yeah. And, I, and that's why, to me, and I've said it before, Winter Soldier has always been my favorite MCU film, and it keeps rising and rising above yep. the – it's the cream that keeps rising to the top for me because of this love of 70s films. And, and it's from the Schmodown. I, you know, yeah. I kind of had to go into that, and now I'm enjoying the hell out of it. That's awesome. I'll also say Peacock, uh, the streaming service, got really excited about this. Not only do they have all of the like the original classic Universal monster movies, which yeah. are just a blast to put on, yeah. um, but they also have an entire Hitchcock section. Yeah. So you can kind of go through and watch all of like you know what I mean like uh, like obviously a Psycho, The Birds, Rear Window. Like there's like but like there but they have all of them. You can really go through it and like there's a ton of great stuff there too. Yeah. And I think the one the one that that did pop into my mind and to me this is actually like the first high concept film that Hollywood made is um, Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. Yeah. Where you have this you know this you know comic duo with the monsters playing as the monsters. I mean, they didn't, they didn't make it slapsticky. I mean, they, they are actually, it is, it is Frankenstein's monster. It is the Wolfman. Um, so yeah, I would, I would have to, I would have to recommend, I don't know if there's a criterion of that, but, um, but classic wise, I would have to say Abbott and uh, Costello meet Frankenstein. That counts. Which then, which then makes me think of like young Frankenstein, Blazing Saddles. <laughs> like, I mean, then you just get into Mel Gibson. Like there's like, obviously like we all love movies. And I think that the good thing about this, <laughs> the good, yeah, Mel Gibson? <laughs> no, 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 no. You said Mel Gibson. Mel Brooks. <laughs> I like By the way. Mel Gibson by the way, that's the that that's the Scooby Doo reveal of all Scooby Doo reveals. <laughs> Mel Brooks is just like, oh, it was Mel Gibson the whole time. Blazing Saddles wasn't funny. He was serious. Um, no, but <laughs> no, but I think that's what's great. I mean, what I do think is great about all of us is like, obviously, we have our disagreements about 
Zack Snyder movies or Last Jedi or whatever. But uh, we do all have, even though we overlap a ton, the four of us have really different uh, movie tastes. I mean, obviously, I'm way, I, I could talk about classic animation for hours. Uh, and I do think it's great because we all have sort of over the years kind of shared that with each other and you sort of yeah. do expose each other to different things that you wouldn't normally, whether it be through being in, uh, being roommates in a dorm in London or being in the Schmodown either way. Yeah. 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 Or going to Comic-Con and having those long conversations about movies. Yeah. Absolutely. I actually, that reminds me the very first, one of my first Kalinowski memories, uh, because the very first year that Kalinowski roomed with us in Comic-Con when it was this foursome rooming together in a hotel, I didn't yes. know him that well. Uh, and we all drive down and he seemed like, and Shannon's like, oh, it's my buddy Kalinowski. He's like, yeah, he seems like a nice guy. And, uh, John and Shannon left. I was doing some work at my computer and I turn around and Kalinowski has his laptop open on the bed and he's just watching. And I'm like, is that, are you watching like winter soldier? And he's like, <laughs> which is uh, funny. And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, what are you? He's like, just watching these fight scenes over and over. They're so great. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this guy is a nerd. <laughs> was yeah, it, well, Kalinowski, was it 2014 or 2015 when you brought your Captain America costume? 14, oh, yeah. 14 the first year. Right. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Yeah. Right. That's yeah, right. That was my first interaction. That was when you guys discovered, let me ask you this. Hey, oh, yeah. Let, let me ask you this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've seen in the uh, chat there people talking about Spy Game. You guys have seen Spy Game, Brad Pitt and Rutford? And, and, uh, yeah, yeah. That's a great yeah. one. That's really yeah, good. That's a great one. That's a good one as well. Yeah. Uh, Philip Brian Butler says The right thinks Trump is George Bailey crazy. He's Mr. Potter. Well, sure. To some point of view, he is Mr. Potter. Absolutely. There Other people do see him as It's George. like Obi Wan Kenobi says from a certain point of view. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, Vincent Zawada says For a classic film on the waterfront. Yeah, that was going to be my answer on the waterfront. That's a fantastic criterion collection and they've cleaned up the print so it's even more beautiful uh to watch and it's to me it's my favorite performance that brando's ever delivered uh and he's so natural and it's it's he's at his apex as a method actor in that film and even marie saint is gorgeous and yeah. carl malden's incredible it's just a great and, and the message of the film this idea of you know fighting back against uh uh again against corruption against uh, being uh, the little guy being stepped on by people who are abusing power. It's all there throughout on the waterfront. Of course, at the time, the Red Scare was happening in this country. So yeah. Interesting stuff with Ilya Kazan. John, um, did you say that the Armageddon was on the DVD? DVD? It is. It is a DVD Criterion collection. I had that, and yeah. I lent it to a manager at a job when I used to work at TGI Fridays. And I never got it back because oh, it was like this four-disc yep. black case. It was thing. epic. Man. Yeah, they did. I, I still have the rock, the criteria yeah, of the rock in there. Right now, yeah. right now, someone somewhere is eating some TGI Friday's Southwest egg rolls and watching your DVD. <laughs> the name was Dawn. Oh, he was my manager. Me. I still remember it. He was, boy, that guy, that guy's a company man. He was loyal. Damn it. He's like, suck it, Kalinowski, pop it in the cheese whiz. Damn it. Adam Witt says, Adam Witt. Hey, Adam, Adam Witt. Thanks, thanks for joining us, brother. Just watch Godzilla versus Gigan for or Gigan for David B's podcast. Was so happy to find Criterion had remastered with subtitles. Yeah, that just came out. Criterion released a huge collection of Godzilla films that they had remastered, which people can get and enjoy. I think it's like a hundred or two hundred fifty bucks, something like that. But if you're a huge Godzilla fan, those old school Godzilla ones, uncut. You can watch them there if you want to get the collection. Remember, every year, two or three times a year, they have a 50% off sale either on the site 
or at Barnes and Noble. So it's worth it to go get those uh, those uh, uh, DVDs, especially if you're a young person getting into film. It's a great way for you to learn about film and how to talk about film and get some knowledge. Uh, for well, your that's something that I was going to say, like off of what Kalinowski was saying about kind of watching these spy movies and being like, that's not James Bond. Like with a lot of these movies and like Johnny, when you started introducing me to older movies, I definitely had that thing where, and it, and it has continued to this day, even from the eighties and whatever, but like movies just continually get paced up. Like yeah. editing gets cut faster. You move through yeah. a movie faster. Special effects have obviously improved over time. So sure. there's definitely a tendency to do things like go back and watch like I was saying, the Universal Monster movies or watch a Godzilla movie and you watch it through today's eyes and you're like, the fuck is this movie? <laughs> People, but when you can look at it through the eyes of seeing the, seeing the beginnings of shots or ideas or the way that they figured out how to do something and seeing how that's inspired the filmmakers of today yeah. uh, and looking at it a little bit more as a... I don't want to say a lesson, like a school lesson, but like you do kind of look at it. like I love watching these old movies now. Like they're definitely a little slower. They're not scary. They're not whatever. But you watch them and you see these moments and then you see how people who are making a monster movie today or a scary movie today or a big action movie today, you watch how they sort of are clearly inspired by the same things and you start to make those connections. And it's really cool. Yeah, agreed. agreed. A great, great series to do that to is the Bond films. Yeah. yeah. I, did a, I did a watch of those and to see Connery fighting those and you're like, oh my God. What is it? Right. It was like holding wrestling that they were doing. And then it seemed like you take Daniel Craig's Casino Royale and you take oh. from, Russia, from Russia with Love. You're like, oh, they're in the same vein. And it's very much a very similar story and that story, but like way of filmmaking. And it's, it's fascinating. That's a fascinating yeah. scene I mean, to see cinema progress through the films. And yeah. like as you guys are talking, all the different. I'm, I, I know I'm in the minority here, but I don't, I don't, I don't mind watching some guys wrestling. So, oh, oh boy, oh, okay. that just me? That just me? We were having a pleasant conversation. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Lewis Cox says, "Spaceballs or Galaxy Quest?" Ooh, Ooh. I gotta go Galaxy for me. I, I think Ooh. it depends on your mood because they're. Yeah. You know, because Spaceballs is a straight up send up. <laughs> um, true, true. But but uh, you know, I would I would be picking Galaxy Quest almost every day of the week. Okay, guys, oh, Kalinowski, Mike's. I don't know. Uh, okay. I, I haven't seen Spaceballs in a real long time. I'd have to watch that again. Okay, I I did recently rewatch Spaceballs, and it definitely holds up. It's really I I too will say Galaxy Quest over Spaceballs, but that's just because I will. I'm a sucker for an emotional story. I'm a sucker for that sort of satisfying ending. And like mm. Spaceballs is funny. It hits every beat. Uh, John Candy is fucking on fire in that movie. Rick Moranis is gold in that oh, movie. God. Like it has so many golden moments that are just perfect. But you don't get, because this is just not Mel Brooks's bread and butter, you yeah. don't get the by Grapthar's hammer, you'll be avenged moment. Like right. that's just not what Mel Brooks movies are about. Uh, and for me, that is, that's what I want to see. That's what I am watching a movie for. Yeah, I definitely didn't appreciate the comedy of Spaceballs when it first came out because I see helmets and lasers when I was a kid and I'm like, oh, Star it's like Star Wars. And you're going to see it and you see they're flying a Winnebago in space. And I was like, I hate this. I... I'm going to tell you guys, I mean, I wish I had the picture and oh, that John can put it up right now, but I would get in trouble. Uh, my first gay cruise. Hey, what's that? 
it was it's a boat with five thousand gay men that just that goes across the ocean. With- Cuba Gooding Jr., right? <laughs> no. Because that, that movie, movie was. that movie is offensive to gay people. But <laughs> my very first, like when you go on a gay cruise, there's always like five parties and they tell you ahead of time like what the themes are. And one of the themes oh, was, five. it was. There's only five parties on a gay That's cruise? That's it? I'm sorry. Let me rephrase. There are five themed parties. Oh, okay, okay. The rest of the parties, you basically just show up in a Speedo and you dance. There's five parties that require forethought and costuming and one of them was a sci-fi party (laughs) don't you oh michael (laughs) oh michael everybody what i'll say is there was a friend of mine that was there's like 20 of us that went together on this cruise and everybody was like doing like fun sci-fi outfits and whatever and like uh, a, a sexy star trek outfit or like all the things that a gay guy would do i had one friend he walked into the room he was wearing pizza socks (laughs) <laughs> and he had like a little red he had a little red speedo and he had like a little crop Pepperoni top nipples? that was and a crop top that was pizza themed and I was like what are you <laughs> supposed to be and he held up a mask that he had printed out and he went to this party as pizza the hut and I still to this day think it is the greatest gay costume and, that I've ever seen in my life and did you take it. did you take his arm and lick it and go my pizza you're delicious no, but I should have. No, it's the scene. I know it's the scene in the movie. Come on now. I joke, my comedy's wasted on the three of you. That's Jesus. true. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm just, sorry. just because I didn't laugh, <laughs> just because I didn't laugh didn't mean I didn't get it. It just meant it wasn't that good. <laughs> well, uh, here's a great comment from Soulshard1999. Twelve Angry Men is one of my faves. It's the only Criterion I own so far. And of course, if people know the history, I directed this man. As I said, Twelve Angry Men. Down there, uh, one of our first interactions was uh, uh, Kalinowski being uh, 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 in the 12 Angry Williamson in 12 Angry Men. Oh, boy. What a day. <laughs> I love that people always ask me about that with you. They're like, what was it like with Roka directing you? And I'm like, you guys have no idea. I don't ever – like, I don't know if they expected, like, you were, like, a tyrant on the set. Yeah. Or, 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 but nothing at all. I would have remembered that. I would remember, like, Jesus, yeah. this guy was a – Was that – It was great. Was that, was that 99 or 2000? 99. Uh, okay, because that was the first thing I yeah. ever did when I yeah, directed I getting, something at Florida yeah. State. I remember that. One of the yeah. last things I did there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was great stuff. Uh, all right, let's move on. Let's see some uh, – we got a real one from Dalton Johnson. He says, my question about classic movies comes from my love of the cinephiles. I do a lot of long drives, and I re-listen to a lot of episodes, and I love when Michael, Shannon, and Kalinowski make appearances. Any chances for upcoming appearances from the fellow – Geek buddies, yeah. We, I don't think we've we've lined you guys up for anything other than something really big that Steve has been working on for six months now, apparently, and uh, it will eventually come out at some point. Uh, but uh, is there anything that you guys have been? I, I don't know if we've got anything set up just yet. No, I can't wait to come out. I, I love every time I do the cinephiles. It what you guys don't get to see when you listen to it is like all of like the like, 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 like Steve will say something and John and I aren't sure I, we agree. And like, we kind of make eye contact or John will say something and Steve and I will look at each other and be like, mm? like, you don't see all like the, there's a lot of, there's a lot of eye, uh, body language and eye movement happening, but no, I love it. I think it's great. Uh, I mean, kudos to you, Johnny and Steve. Like, I think it's such a well-made show. And like, I've, I think I've said this before, but like, one of my favorite things is obviously when you record the episode, you don't get all of the cutaways to the actual movie and the actual dialogue and the music. Mm. You're just having like this great conversation. So it's actually one of my favorite things to go listen to after the fact as well, yeah, yeah. Uh, because it's like a whole new experience. So I'm down to do it. I always like to I, I, I like to come on and talk uh, the animated stuff because yeah. I think that's one area where I could just like 
go yeah. off. So I'm always happy to do that. I think we once we start walking into the bond stuff, I think Kalinowski is going to be the first call oh we my, make. I Absolutely. Would love to be. That would make okay. sense. Yeah. <laughs> We'd love to have you. I man. think anyone that listens to any of your guys' shows misses out on 50% of the facial reaction. <laughs> that's a whole other podcast right there. That's a whole other series is that those facial reactions that people who listen to. <laughs> I would love people to listen to one episode and then watch that same episode. You would see it's amazing. <laughs> Ooh, I'd love a one-off live cinephiles episode. Uh, yeah, we've, oh. dis- we've discussed it, but Steve is so, uh, you know, so self-conscious about some of his ums and he sometimes will lose his place in his notes because he's so involved in the conversation and he cuts all of that out. So uh, we've talked about it for sure. So it's certainly in the cards and maybe if we can uh, make that happen sometime in 2021, I think there would be a lot of fun once we get back to the rhythm of being able to go out to just to do stuff. We'd love to do one live actually yeah. in a theater, which would be a lot of fun. To do. Ooh, that would be I awesome. Know, but, but, yeah. By the so way, what? 10 was so good when that was live. Uh, oh yeah. Thank you, man. Oh, oh yeah. That was, that was a, that blast. Was a blast. blast. So much fun. But to what Vogel said, one of the, one of the things that I love about listening to the cinephiles is the cutaways. I love, <laughs> I love how produced it is. It's just such yeah. a, clean well well put together show yep. um steve and, is great with that and, and again i i've seen the live version of the center <laughs> so many times truth truth <laughs> uh all right i think that's all the Streamlabs super chat so far please keep uh donating we've got about 25 minutes left in the show before we wrap this thing up gentlemen by the way, yeah by the way stormy woods you're right a gay cruise is so fun it is so fun. It you're all is, missing I'll out. I'll take your word for it, man. I'll take your word for it. I don't think I'll ever go on one, but hey. <laughs> uh, we got 163 y'all watching us live as well, but only 94 likes. So please hit that like button. Get us up to 150 likes before we wrap up the show. Really helps to have that on the show itself when it's live, uh, as well as those of you who may be watching us afterwards. Please give it a like and leave a comment down below as well. That's important for us here on the show. Uh, all right. Let's uh, Does anybody want to chime in with a Yeah. How about that? Shannon, is the Indiana Jones trilogy something you uh, go to to like pick up your spirits or make you smile again or if you're in a bad place, kind of make you uh, happy? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I just I just read James uh, James's uh, comment there, and, and one I would not call it a guilty pleasure. There is nothing to feel guilty about <laughs> putting on the adventures of Henry Jones Jr. Um, but I think when I when I do want that when I do want that pick me up, Last Crusade, Last Crusade is the one that you go to. Like mm. you go for those moments between Harrison Ford and Sean Connery. They have so many. So many great scenes together. Just the 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 arc that happens with their relationship, um, A R C, not A R K, um, is is just a just a. <laughs> so you don't comment on it, Kalinowski. If it doesn't get a laugh, you just keep going. Don't even, don't, I was going to say, even, you're a writer. They paid for this. Even, oh, shots! Geez. Ooh. <laughs> hey, listen, man. The delete key can be your favorite thing when you're writing. <laughs> um, but but yeah, I mean, in terms of a pick me up, it's 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 the moments between Sean Connery and Harrison Ford and Last Crusade that that, that yeah. I find really does the job. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's ask you guys that real quick. Um, what were your reactions to the passing of Sean Connery? I think all all four of us have 
our own connection to the work that he's done. I'm sure with Kalinowski, James Bond, for sure. Shannon, of course, the Indiana Jones stuff. I'm uh, partial to the untouchables. Uh, Michael, I'm sure, or Vogel, I'm sure you have your connection with Sean Connery stuff as well. Like, what, what, is, what was your reaction now as we've had a few days? And uh, how do you feel about uh, the legacy that Connery has left behind? What do you guys think? Yeah. I mean, bump- I mean, go, go ahead, ahead Shannon. No, no, no. Go ahead, please. Uh, you know, because he hadn't done a film, you know, in what seventeen years? Yeah, since uh, uh, *Leader Extraordinary uh, Gentleman*, which uh, Shannon and I saw in the theaters. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> which you know, Ooh, oh, I remember McClung, Your hype for that movie was through the roof. Yeah, <laughs> I know, man. Heroes, buddy boy. I yeah, I I was thinking that was going to be the second coming. But, but, and I remember when the first trailer came out too, and it was just like, uh oh, something's off. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean, obviously it was it was very very sad because he hadn't done anything in so long. Um, I think that I, I don't want to say it made it better, but I think it made it easier just because it wasn't like, oh my gosh, he didn't get to do this one thing. Sean Connery had such an amazing cinematic uh cinematic career and you know there's no dearth of material if you're wanting to revisit anything with sean connery there are just so many movies um i mean truthfully i haven't seen all the connery bond movies i mean i'm not a i'm not a, a big bond guy but uh yeah i mean it was obviously very very sad uh but yeah what was he 90 when he passed yeah, 90 yes i mean he 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 lived he lived a great life he got his oscar for the untouchables yeah. i mean yeah yeah i think i think anytime anyone that we've grown up with passes on it's always a bummer it's always sad it always makes you reflect on your life your mortality what you're leaving behind what's important and i think with him that was definitely true but it was very different than like say when chadwick boseman passed you know yeah. i mean it was oh, there, totally. there's de- there's definitely a it was a oh that's sad but I, I I accept this and I'm ready to yeah. I'm ready to I'm ready to say goodbye and I'm ready to go and reflect on the amazing career you had and look back and say God you were amazing because he was and to me it was Last Crusade like that was my introduction like I yeah. didn't grow up watching the Bond movies and I did grow up uh, liking Indiana Jones and going to the movie theater to see Last Crusade and so that mm-hmm. was my introduction to him uh, and then subsequently found out all the other things that he did yeah. Um, but yeah so it was it was more of a bittersweet sadness not a tragedy I, I don't know if that does that make sense yeah, yeah, yeah. totally absolutely okay, I was talking to some people about him the day before like just two days before he dies like, man can you imagine we get let's get another Connery movie before he dies because mm. when you see these stars that disappear retire and you don't see them for 15 20 years and you do see like a picture of them and they've aged 20 years but because yeah. they haven't been in our memory on screen and in press and stuff you're just like wow he got old I remember seeing a picture of him at, at like a tennis match mm-hmm. and he just looked old and I was like like I'm waiting for the next with Gene Hackman yeah. I haven't seen him in a while. And he'll right, up like true. This. But true. like for me with Connery, I was I was introduced through Bond with Roger Moore. Um, so he mm-hmm. was always my Bond. My grandfather was Connery. And right. it was a grandfather, grandson thing. He would take me to see all the films. So that was my special Bond to him. But also with Connery, like The Rock and First Night were huge for me mm. uh, in the mid-90s. Like okay. he just had these this diversity of this, these, and of course, Untouchables. So it wasn't, he's not what I think, Connery, I don't think Bond right away. He had, right. His other films hit me too. I love Entrapment with him and Zeta Jones. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, like when Roger Moore passed back in 2017, that was huge for me, and that was a big bond. Like, man, that got me. That was right. that was a tough one. 
Right. Uh, but for Connery with this one, his like The Rock, just you know, being you know Mason in that film and. It's it's, so it's 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 James he's James Bond. I mean he's I know, James Bond I know. in there. There's yeah. a big theory where that is James Bond. And yeah. I love him that but I mean the voice of Dragonheart uh yeah. and, he was like, the last dragon in first night. Yeah. I mean yeah. is is Arthur. He was just Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I think that that period of Bond, of Connery when he came back that's yeah. my Connery, you know, because I didn't yeah. like you, Kalinowski. I, Roger Moore was the Bond that I watched. I mean, exactly. first Bond I ever watched was View to a Kill, and then, of course, yeah. the other ones are on. But, like, Connery, I didn't really know him from that. It was Untouchables, where I'd yes. really seen him. And then from there into Hunt for Red October and yes. these other films that he did, that where he, and even into Finding Forrester. I'm like, Finding Forrester is quietly my top three favorite uh, Sean Connery movies and performances because he is so tender, yet frustrated and angry but yet it's such an, a unique role for him to do and one of the things that he always tried to do was break out of this idea that he was just james bond and so getting the chance to stretch his acting muscles a little bit in certain roles it was great to see him do that uh and it was always a welcome thing whenever he showed up on screen even yeah. that cameo he does in robin hood uh uh, uh prince of thieves, prince of thieves. Prince of thieves. it's yes. great you know to see him just chop down on the shotgun unless i could give away the queen yeah. to, <laughs> to to james davison's uh comment here that just came in in an alternate hmm. universe we would have gotten a sean connery gandalf in the uh special features for the league of extraordinary gentlemen which i do own because i'm a glutton <laughs> for punishment uh, <laughs> Connery, in his in one of his uh, promotional interviews, he talks about that he had been offered Gandalf, and yeah. he, passed, he passed on it because, in his words, he thought it was a bit tricksy. Um, and then he talked about he how he had been offered the Matrix, yeah. which I'm assuming yes. they offered him Morpheus, and he turned yeah. it down. He's like, ah, it's a bit tricksy. He's like, so when I read this, I thought it's a bit tricksy, but I missed the first two. I better do this. <laughs> You're all the man now, dog. Uh, yeah, I would have, uh, I would have, I would have taken a Sean Connery Dumbledore over a Sean Connery Ooh. Gandalf. Okay. Ooh. Okay. I think. I think his Gandalf would have been a little more, phys- a little more tougher. Yeah. A little more tougher little on more Harry. Harry. Yeah. God, I would have loved to have seen if Richard Harris could have finished oh. those movies, man. Oh, Especially wow. that last scene in the, or not last scene, but that scene in the train station when he's in the. And he's having that conversation with Harry. Oh, oh man, that scene is so. But good. then, but then we would have missed out on the most hated moment in all Harry Potter movies when uh, when he comes barreling in. <laughs> Harry, did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire? We have gotten this. <laughs> <laughs> the gif is great. Uh, what do we have gotten? That? Who knows. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, sorry, Christian Ramos. I missed your stream live. I apologize. Hello, comrades of geekiness. No, I am not a Russian bot. <laughs> what is your comic book property in the last 10 years that if you had money to push into production right now is your number one pick? Stay safe, gentlemen. Um, yeah, what is your number one pick? Uh, if you had a comic book property in the last 10 years that if you had money to push into production right now, you'd do it. It's I not mean, already has a film? Yeah, that doesn't already have a film. Please. You can't say Batman. Sorry, Kalinowski. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. I am the knight. You can say a specific story of Batman oh, okay. that has not been made the last yet. 10 years, yeah. Ooh. Gentlemen? Um, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. Stumped him. Stumped him. Wow. Uh, 
Well, it, no, for good reason, because a lot of the things that would have been my go-tos, uh, there's a time that I would have said The Boys. There's a time that I would have definitely said Invincible. That's one of my top picks that I've been loving for years, but now Ooh. we're going to get to see it on Amazon. So I'm trying to think of like what hasn't been mined yet that I'm a really big fan of. I'm looking oh. back at my shelf here. Here. Does Young Avengers count? Uh, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. All right, I'll throw Young Avengers on the pile. I've been a fan of Young Avengers from the beginning, and every iteration that they've come out with, every one of those stories and compilations I've gotten at Comic-Con. So for me, that's that would be my choice. And I love the fact that it might be now happening uh, in piecemeal uh, in the new phase of the MCU, possibly. Uh, this would this would be this would be oh, for me. Oh, nice! Um, this is such a great uh, Wally Wally West story, Kid Flash story. Um, when I when I first got that, when that came out, it was at the same time that my dad was having some real health issues, mm. and my my ex wife at the time, uh, I was telling her about uh, about this comic book and how emotional I got at the end with. Uh, I won't give any spoilers just in case anyone hasn't read it, but yeah. there's a, there's a very big emotional moment. And as I'm talking about it, I'm getting worked up and I'm saying tears are coming down my, uh, coming out of my eyes. And she goes, are you thinking about your dad? And I'm like, well, I wasn't, but I am now. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> All right. What about you guys? Any choices? Uh I actually saw a good one. Uh, is it Sol Solskjaer? Sol Solskjaer, yeah, Solskjaer 1999. Yeah. Uh, uh, gave us a little uh, Fables, which is a Vertigo title, which I think oh. is a great choice. Um, we've had we've had Once Upon a Time. We've had some other things that have sort of taken the fairy tale stories and mixed them up. But Fables did such a great job of taking all of the fairy tale characters, putting them in modern day New York and creating an amazing story. So I think that's a great choice. Okay. Uh, other than that, I would have said, um, actually, Kingdom Come has not. Oh, uh, yeah. yes. Kingdom Come no, is a deep. Let me ask you this, Mike. Let me ask you, because I was going to say so, yeah, Hey, 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 ask me, ask me. I was going <laughs> to say Kingdom Come, but then I thought about what is so great about Kingdom Come is you know all the history. Right. To see all these characters older with their children, does it defeat the purpose? It does. You know? it, like, I don't think, so to, yeah. it's, that's actually a good point. So I think this is why, as we've talked about a thousand times, this is why the executive mind of me, the person who was an executive for so many years, wants Warner Brothers to fix their DC universe and not do a bunch of separate movies. Because what Marvel has the ability to do now that we've lived with these characters for 10 years, that we've yeah. seen them grow, is they can take some of these stories where you need to know the characters to get there and they can do their version of it. That's how yeah. they got to a civil war. That's how we'll get to a X-Men yeah. versus Avengers one day. Because of the way that Warner Brothers is choosing to go down that road, you sort of have these starts and stops and you don't get to like build that momentum. Yeah. If they by bringing in Michael Keaton, by doing Flashpoint, if by doing the things that they're able to do, yeah. they get on a good track and they give us, you know, five to 10 years of solid movies. And then you can take those actors and bring them back a few years later and tell this story about them coming back together and tell that universe's version of a kingdom come. Yeah. I think that's like a worthy goal to try to get to one day. Yeah, I like that yeah. idea a lot. I would say I have two. One is kind of kind of happening, so it wouldn't okay. happen, but I would definitely do a, a, a true Batman Beyond. Okay. And I would take Keaton and just build off that. Um, but then I, I think, and it hasn't happened, I think there's a couple reasons why, but I would love to do Flash Gordon. I mm. think that film, yeah. I, I think 
Taika Waititi kind of squashed what Matthew Vaughn was going to do because Taika Waititi basically did Flash Gordon with Ragnarok. I think there's an audience for it. I think it could be done really well. I wouldn't lean into the, the Ragnarok way with it. I'd play much more like the, the original Star Wars, which is what, you know, Lucas wanted to make Flash Gordon, but they said right. they can have the rights. So we went and made Star Wars. I right. think there is that adventure. I, I just, that pulpy feel, I think that, that, that it could really do well. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. Uh, I also, I also low key really quick. I would, if I could build out a DC universe, uh, to the point where I could pull some of the story arcs from Justice League Unlimited, mm. I would a thousand percent do that. I oh, agree that with Justice, that. The Cadmus storyline, just I mean, fantastic. Yeah, and anything with like anything with Green Arrow, Black Canary, Huntress, Question, like they just did. They took some of these. They took some of the uh, tier two slash tier three characters and just did some amazing stuff with them. So I would absolutely do that. Yeah, How you the mentioned Question doesn't have a TV show or anything yet. I have no idea. It's incredible, right? No idea. I hope if they do, they find the right person. Yeah, and I would throw Justice League International oh, in there. That, stuff is so that good. run is the best run oh ever, God, Justice League, in my opinion. I that love. So good. Guy Gardner is the best. Um, all right, uh, let's see. Our next one here is from Christine. She said, uh, "Only recently started listening to the Cinephiles. The Back to the Future episode is so good. I was sold on the singing of '80s TV themes." Sending, sending love from Sydney. All right, thank, thank you. you. Thank you very much. Uh, says, what, what's one movie you would like to bring to the table for a Cinephiles episode? My favorite Connery movie is probably The Man Who Would Be King. That's a great Connery movie that not a lot of people talk about for sure. Um, yeah, what would you, What is there one movie you guys would want to do on the Cinephiles? Have you guys done The Untouchables yet? We have not. No, we talked about I, it. I would, I would love to come in for The Untouchables. All right. All right, I'll talk. I'll see what I can do. I'll see that, what I can that do. That scene in that uh, in the train station. Oh, oh my god, my god! The choreography of that scene is incredible. Have we? Have we, we haven't. You guys like, did he did he sign anything like that? Oh <laughs> you guys haven't done Who Framed Roger Rabbit yet, have you? We have not. No, that's a great one to do. We've talked ooh, about. Ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> All right, claims have been laid. <laughs> I lay claim to Michigan. Yeah, I, okay. You have all claimed to, <laughs> you have all laid claim to the I hereby I hereby in the name of animation lay claim to who framed Roger Rabbit for the cinephiles. <laughs> I hereby oh claim. Well you clown, I hereby claim. I hereby uh, white wig and a gavel. I hereby I decree. Jesus uh, I was like some shitty explorer. I hereby claim everybody's here already. Uh, sp- spinning art. Which which film do you believe to be objectively great yet underappreciated by most? Mine is oh. floundering with James Legros. Have a good night, fellas. Yeah, all right. What do you guys think? Is there a film that is objectively great in your opinion, but is underappreciated by most people? Ah, Galowski, go ahead. I feel like you have an answer. Batman versus Superman. Oh, there it is. I will. I've guys. I've said. I gotta gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta go. I've said it. I gotta go. I gotta go. I stake to my claim. The fact that it's still talked about, (laughs) and like I've said it before, twenty years from now, people will be back on this like it was Blade Runner. The fact that it's still talked about by you, (laughs) by the majority, my friend. By the majority. If it's talked about by the majority, then it's not underappreciated. I have to push back a little bit. Good or bad, good or bad, Roka. Good or bad. It's still the debates are still there. Do you know what is do you know what is not living rent free? Do you know what is not living rent free in my head? That movie. That movie. (laughs) I think the check just hasn't come in yet. 
<laughs> uh, I like so actually the choice that I would make is one that fans, hardcore Disney animation fans actually do love this movie. So it's not underappreciated in a certain way, but I think most people look at it as a failure and it was a box office failure. I actually think Treasure Planet is objectively, yes. I think Treasure Planet, it, like I think Atlantis tried to do a lot of cool things and there's moments that I love, but I ultimately think it kind of falls flat and fails. I think Treasure Planet yeah. is 100% a great Disney movie. I love it. I objectively think it's great, but it's one that most people look at as one of the bombs or one of the crappy ones or one of the ones they don't really like, and it doesn't necessarily have the love of wow. some of the others. Well, it it was when it was in that phase Disney was trying to tr Disney between Atlantis and Treasure Planet was really trying to figure out what is a boys action animated movie. Okay. and trying to make that work. So no Disney princesses, no musicals, like none of that stuff, but really doing a Disney action movie. And Atlantis, they really got ambitious with a sort of high style uh, 1930s adventure serial yeah. thing. And I think they just picked a movie that the story was too big for 90 minutes. I think mm -hmm. that it starts off really strong and then they get on this journey and you want this to feel epic and it actually feels pretty small. Yeah. Whereas Treasure Planet, I think they took the Treasure Island story and told it really well. I just think at that point in time, audiences weren't quite ready for an out-and-out -out alien sci-fi action movie when they were expecting, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. singing animals. Um, I, think, I think if Treasure Planet came out today, it might play differently. I would say Treasure Planet and Atlantis, both of them underappreciated, in my opinion, as animated films. I, I think I saw both of them with you, Mikey. I think I know I saw Treasure yeah. Planet with you, but I think I saw Atlantis as well. What about you, Shannon? Well, I don't know if this is necessarily underappreciated, um, but I would say The Hunchback of Notre, Notre Dame. The animated one? The animated one, okay. yeah. I mean, that, that one has not really, I mean, I know they tried to do kind of a, a Broadway version of it, um, but that film is just, just beautifully made and yeah. and the music is so epic um you know that came out the summer uh the summer before vogel and i were freshmen at yeah. florida state and that is something that the two of us with along with our friend josh moon really bonded over mm. um the amount of people in the apartment that i lived in the complex that probably complained over us screeching trying <laughs> to hit the high notes of the bells of notre dame um, I imagine people people were not happy. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. To anyone asking, uh, Treasure Planet, Hunchback, Atlantis are all on Disney Plus, so you can go check them all out. They're yep. all there. Uh, yeah, cool. Shannon, like Hunchback, you know, is in that '90s era of Disney movies, and it actually did pretty well from a box office standpoint. So it's not that it's a hundred percent underappreciated, but I do think people kind of look at it as a miss mm. uh, because it was Disney trying to do a pretty heavy movie. Yeah. I would say, and I've always said this about Hunchback, if you take all the movie versions of Hunchback that have come out from the original black and white to like all the different versions through the days, mm -hmm. like there's a lot of ways that the Disney version is more faithful to Victor Hugo than some of those other versions are. The singing gargoyles, maybe not so much, but <laughs> it was there. But, it was but they, but but I actually think Hunchback is a gorgeous movie. The music is amazing. The animation is amazing. Like it's I I'm a definite '90s Disney kid. So anything yeah. from Little Mermaid to Tarzan, I'm sold on. And then you get into the experimental phase, which has some big misses. And then you get your Treasure Planets, your Atlantis, your Lilo and Stitches, and your Emperor's New Groove in there. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I definitely put Hercules in there as well. Love those two. Yeah. Um, mine is The Gray, Liam Neeson's The Gray. Oh, that is uh, such a ooh, good movie. Right? Yeah. People do not give that movie the level of credit it deserves. 
fuck these other movies that he's done taken and all like those are all fine vehicles but the gray is about something more and no people don't talk about it enough it is i would argue it is a man's movie but in the way that you're exploring the idea of masculinity and what it actually means and all these dudes representing different shades of men who are trying to fight off an impending doom uh, as the wolves represent whatever you want them to represent and each one of them getting picked off up until the final confrontation. And so for me, that movie, people do not talk about it enough and give it enough love. Everyone always mentions Taken, but it's the great, yeah. that's legitimately that, a great that Joe, movie. That was Joe Carnahan. It was wasn't Joe it, Carnahan. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and, and, and a great kind of breakout performance from Frank Grillo. Yes. In it as well. Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. Such a good movie. But Don, yeah. do you feel, because leading up to that, this, the trailers and everything, we're like, holy crap, Liam Neeson versus Wolves. Right. Right. And we don't get even get that. So you don't get the resolution that we are led to believe you're getting. So you do think people were into it, but then we, we they get like, well, this is I got chipped for two and a half, two hours. Well, and I, I and mean, I understand that point of view. I think yeah. my argument is you, you are getting Liam Neeson versus right, the right, Wolves. Right. He's yeah. just out trying to outsmart them and keep everybody right. safe yeah. step by step by step until the final confrontation. But yeah, I understand that completely. But th- if you had him actually fighting wolves throughout the movie, right. then it becomes the edge. And the edge is not that interesting to me. This is more about the idea of what those wolves represent, right? And because remember, he's fighting off an impulse. Like he he tries to kill himself at the beginning of the movie. He is suicidal in that way. Like he's despondent about his life. And so this is a way at the end where he he decides finally to dial back into life. So the wolves could be his own demons, right? And he's ready to fight his own demons to reclaim his life. So there's so much symbolism throughout the gray and people don't talk about it enough. So that's my uh, 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 suggestion. Um, all right. I think, th- oh, we got one more from spinning art. And then we're going to wrap it up here. Uh, uh, here. He says, what superhero would be the best president for today's America? A timely question. Who Ooh. could truly bring this divided population back together? Lex Luthor. No. <laughs> I mean, I think you got to say Steve Rogers, right? I'd go. I'm going to go Wonder Woman. Ooh, interesting. My gut would go Steve Rogers, but I'm like, no Wonder Woman. Okay. I, I, yeah. Yeah. Wonder Woman. All right. Mike, do you have an option? I'm going to say um, he's not old enough yet. Okay. I say that he's not old enough. He's good. He needs a few years on him. But uh, I, I'm going to go Miles Morales. I knew you were going to say that. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Nice choice. Twenty years from now, thirty years from now. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Great choice. Great choice. Damn, got I don't know. I don't know if I've got one. Uh, does it have to be a superhero with powers and stuff? Well, I guess it would have to be a superhero, right? Not yeah. someone because Amanda Waller seems to be an interesting president you could put in there who would Ooh. really <laughs> kind of. Oh, John. Uh, you you gotta know listen america respects strength we don't respect that kumbaya stuff as much as we respect strength and certainly the results of this election are proving that so for me i think we need to have somebody who understands how to play us a little bit better and bring us together uh, to unite and look her being able to bring all these criminals together or supervillains together to go after one thing i mean you gotta give her wait 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 wait. by strapping an explosive to their neck i mean whatever works (laughs) in you can argue 
You could argue figuratively, you know. <laughs> Guy Gardner, Jenna James, yeah, Guy Gardner, get that guy out of here. Because then, you know, Trudeau, Trudeau would come over from Canada and punch him in the face. Let's see what him and Batman. Oh, Guy God, Gardner, that's great. That's great. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think we I uh, don't really have an option. Yeah, I think we've. Uh, I think we've just for the past four years seen what Guy Gardner would be like as president. <laughs> I think we've we've done that. We've, so we've played that. Oh, we played that round so already. Let's move oh. on. Let's move on to round. Let's move on to round two. <laughs> Homelander. Whoa. Homelander. No the, thanks. The equivalent of George Bush's president. Yeah. Oh, Starlight. Starlight would be fantastic. Okay. I'd love okay. her as president. I love okay. Starlight and really grow to love her in season two. So I think Starlight would be. I yeah. They've they've friend. done they've done a great job with Starlight. They've like her yeah. arc has been really great. And I we we as I was at a, I was in Palm Springs uh, with a bunch of gay guys and we were all in the hot tub. Different than the gay cruise weekend because there we weren't on a boat. We were just in a hot tub. Was there a theme? But, uh, boat. There was no theme, but we got into a discussion of who would be who. We were, it got into the discussion of who would be who in the seven oh. of the boys. Like that was that was the conversation, and there was wow. a couple obvious ones. Um, but uh, I was voted Starlight, so I was very happy about that. I was I was oh, I was proud. I was really proud that I dodged the Homelander bullet and I got to be Starlight. <laughs> Uh, uh, Justin Thompson's Roka just jumped in the pool naked. <laughs> I called my parents. I called my parents, and to avoid getting into a political debate, I was telling them about Geek Buddies and about how th- this is a true story. I go, I go, so we did this thing on Geek Buddies where we do these live episodes, and it was John's last day in LA before he left. And so we did this whole like tell embarrassing John stories, and they could donate money, and we would tell stories. And my mom goes, did you talk about the time he got naked at the condo and jumped in the pool? And I was like, that was the first story, Mom. <laughs> you and I are on the same page. Truth, truth. All right, two last Super Chats. So we got to get out of here. Lewis Cox says, Pierce Brosnan was the 007 that was my bond. Absolutely. There you go. And uh, Vincent Zawada said, you need to do V for Vendetta. Yeah, obviously, we will have to do V for <laughs> Vendetta on the Cinephiles at some point. So, uh, But this is the Geek Buddies. Thank you all so much for joining us live. Thank you for your super chats and your stream labs. And thank you for the chat being vibrant as hell the whole time, uh, the whole way through the show. Thank you all so much. I mean, it's not just sending in stuff. It's also seeing the chat going down and all you all talking to each other. That's a lot of fun. Don't forget to hit like on this video as well as we're wrapping up here uh, and we get into so many things that we get into. And uh, thank you all for joining us live. Uh, thank you to Michael Kalinowski. Thanks, Mike. Hey, boys, thanks for having me on this. What a, a, a worthy, well-needed break. A respite uh, in the storm. Yep. Hopefully we did that for the people who are watching us as well. Mike, where can they find you and all the stuff uh, you got going on? it's been on? a little while since my last time I was on here, and my Twitter is back to at Mike Kalinowski. No more underscore. Oh. I got my Twitter oh. back, guys. Okay. I'll my change that. Account. I apologize. No, it's okay. Don't worry. I use that. That one's still there, and I'll bring people over here. I'm at Mike Kalinowski, guys. I might be out of it for a couple of days with what's going on. and just. <laughs> but, hey, keep the hope. Keep hope alive, my friends. Keep right hope alive. on. Keep up a laugh. Uh, Shannon, what do we got to tell them? Yeah, if you'd like to follow us on social media, on Twitter, it's at geek underscore buddies. On Instagram, at the underscore geek underscore buddies. If you'd like to follow me on social media, on Twitter, it's at Shannon underscore McClung. On Instagram, at Shannon the Geek Buddy. If you would like to follow Mr. Vogel, it's at MK2. And if you would like to follow Mr. Roca, it's at the Roca Says. Yeah, Mikey. 
Uh, hey, we had a really great time with you guys. I hope you had a great time with us. This was fun to kind of like take a break from everything going on in the world and talk about the things that make us happy. And one of the things that makes us happy is hanging out with all of you. And the way that we can do more of that uh, is getting you to help us. So as Johnny said, definitely hit the like button below. Definitely subscribe to the Outlaws page. He has a bunch of amazing stuff in addition to us, although we are the best part. Uh, <laughs> and in addition to that, you can also, uh, if you're listening to us on Anchor or Spotify, or Apple Podcasts, definitely click like there, give us stars, give us ratings, leave a comment. It helps us go up in the rankings. And the best thing that you can do is take this link and post it on your Twitter, put it on your Facebook, text it to your friends and say, oh my God, we will not know about Pennsylvania until tomorrow. You need to listen to something else. Check out these guys. They're amazed. It's going to be super fun. Let's all hang out. Uh, For all of you guys that are coming on and joining... It's like a big gay cruise. No <laughs> themes. You don't even have to put on a costume. No um, but yeah, like, look, uh, all of you guys that have been coming on in the past several weeks, in the past several months, and saying that you just joined Geek Buddies, that you love the show, that you love spending time with us, it really does mean a ton to us. Like, we really love it. Yeah. It means a lot to us, and we love sharing all this with you. So definitely leave comments below. Leave comments on Twitter. We love to engage with you guys. And uh, hey, like Kalinowski said, keep hope alive. There you go. Keep up alive. Uh, and one day you do that. And we will see you uh, next time for another brand new episode of The Geek Buddies. Hey! Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.